So I uh, checked out ChatGPT and Claude 2 Morris as comparing them. So I know you'd sent me that prompt kind of to make it do like the, the therapist persona. Yeah. So I, I typed that in. It was pretty interesting. Um, I think they both worked well, but I was surprised that I guess they both had like pretty different tones between them. Hmm. Um, if I had to pick, I think I would go with Claude 2. I think it was better. Um, so Claude 2, I like use the same prompt and then I, they both asked like, what do you want to talk about? And I used like the same um, prompt for that as well. And Claude 2, I think did a good job of kind of like summarizing what you said to it. It'd kind of like frame it in a different way back to you um, in a way that was useful. And that would kind of give advice, even though I think the prompt said not to like really give advice. It was more to ask questions to kind of have you dig mm-hmm. more into it yourself. Um, but yeah, so it reframed it well, kind of gave you some perspective, kind of gave advice. And then the first few times would like ask a question, like a pretty specific question. Um, but then as it went on, it kind of got more advice heavy and then was like, let me know if you have any questions or I'd be like happy to talk about this more. Basically at the end, it kind of felt like, uh, like a pre-written response every time, but the tone of it was really good and the way it summarized, like what I fed into it was really good. Um, and it felt more personable. Whereas chat GPT, I did the same thing and it didn't really summarize or give much advice. It would kind of give like a short little like one or two sentence blurb about what you said and then it would kind of hone in and ask a pretty good question about like to dig into it more and I thought it was better at following the prompt like it was better at not giving you advice and more of getting you to um, dig into stuff yourself and it was had some pretty good questions as well but um, I don't know it felt like it was more just like waiting to ask a qu- like every time it kind of seemed a little forced how many questions it was asking so mm-hmm. between the two I thought Claude felt more personable and even though it was more advice heavy um, I liked it I definitely want to experiment with it more. They're both useful, but I think Claude 2 is slightly better. Which version of ChatGPT did you use? So I stopped paying for ChatGPT Plus, so I only had 3.5. Um, so I used 3.5. But I think you said when you initially sent it that you actually preferred 3.5 over 4 for that prompt. That's kind of interesting, too, because for 3.5, it does provide like you said it's really dead heavy when it comes to advice and whatnot oh no no it yeah it 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 actually just summarizes things really quickly or just provides a lot for you to kind of go through but from our last conversation i will start to play around more with four and it seems that four in the initial phase after like your first prompt like a first of what you said it does a good job summarizing it, provides very good questions, but the questions are so good sometimes that it gets you talking about something else. And then once you talk about something else, it literally kind of reframes it. So like tries to compare the first two that you're talking about, but that first interaction that you have, like the first thing that you send it out to, it kind of has like a standard way of just like the first thing that you say, like, Oh, it seems like you've been thinking very deeply about this. Yeah. <laughs> you got that too, right? Uh, oh, you've showed like a great amount of introspection in this. And yeah, it kind of said always... that word for word. <laughs> exactly. So so it always does that. And then you're like, after you do it the first or second time, you're like, hmm, it doesn't feel as personable as you would say. 
Um, so, but that was, I was me playing around with Ford, but the questions were always good. We got you talking about other things. And the funny thing is that with the four, as opposed to 3.5, it seems that 3.5 will have you on a rapid wheel of just, like keep talking until you're like, I don't want to talk anymore. Yeah. But four makes you stop talking after your third answer, after your third answer, it pretty much says, it kind of wraps it up for you. It's like, yeah, you're pretty much good with everything you're saying. Keep learning and everything else. But if you want to keep talking, I'm here for you. But not like with another question as like, oh, let's explore this more deep, um, more deeply. Um, or no, let's explore this deeply um, or something like that. Yeah, I so, think Claude basically, that's what, exactly what Claude did. It was probably about three questions. And then after that, like you could ask it more, but it wasn't it wasn't asking you a question. It's like, Oh yeah. Like, seems like we have this figured out. Like, let me know if you have any <laughs> questions or want to talk about this more. Um, we have it figured out. That's it. And I noticed with chat GPT too, it kind of like switched out of therapist mode. Like I was talking to about like music stuff. Um, and like it started going into like giving me a list of like four tips of like how to like improve on like my music practice and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> this kind of changed from, um, like therapist mode to like now it's like music instructor type thing. So oh. kind of got out of character a bit with that. Oh, was it good advice though? It was like solid. I mean, it's like, like generic stuff. Yeah. Kind of generic. It's like kind of high level, like not super practical. I mean, it wasn't bad advice, but it wasn't like anything groundbreaking. It's like oh, okay. if I would have Googled how to work on like tone with music, it would have been like the same list that you'd get. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think, we're still very far away from the, the the true intimate therapy session that you mentioned. Since I think also too, when it comes to these large language models, they don't have a very good long term memory. I think it yeah. that, it makes one it makes sense why, like you said, like the three for Claude, is the same thing as like the three prompts that you would like or the three times that you would speak. It kind of claps off at three for ChatGPT four too. Um, so. That makes sense because I um, I kind of like did not I did not do the prompt with Claude, but I've done it with three point five and four for ChatGPT, and that's why like as you're talking about Claude, but I've used Claude for everything else when it comes to when it comes to work stuff. Claude is really good, like summarizing long long documents, providing analysis. It's really good for that. It's like I've had a good time. When it comes to reasoning, they provide it actually provided me wrong reasoning a, a couple of times because some of the stuff that I didn't, it's like I wouldn't, I'm not enough of an expert to tell it that it's wrong because the stuff that I was asked to do, I wasn't necessarily too sure yeah. about how to go about it. But later on, when it's kind of like when an expert or somebody who kind of knows what they're talking about is talking to you, they're like, oh, I provided the cloud reasoning, but then they're like, oh, yeah, that's not necessarily the way to go about it, you know? Yeah. Does so, Claude, can it connect? Does it have, like, the extensions, like, ChatGPT, where you can connect to, like, real-time data online with it? Or is it fully, like, just on its pre-trained database? I think it's on the pre-trained, but up to 20... It's more recent. I think up to 2022 or 2023, or early this year, so... Because I was wondering, for I haven't used it for work, um... Like I was kind of trying to use chat GPT, but like it's associated with your phone number and stuff. So I couldn't really log into it on my like work computer, but Claude, you just type in your email address and it kind of like sends you that one time password, or at least when I do it. So 
I might try to use Claude for work, but in sales and stuff, it's kind of better to have like real-time data. Like if I'm trying to have it write a sales email based on stuff from last year, it might not be very relevant. Oh, one of the things that you could do. Um, oh, but the chat GPT app is really good though. Yeah. Uh, I must say. Yeah. You I, I have it? it on my phone. Yeah. I was using the phone app and I could, I could like copy stuff and like put it in my Slack and then copy it to my computer, but it's just like not very streamlined. So I just oh, have like, you tried the scan feature. Oh, what's the scan feature? Like, can you like use the yeah. camera and like scan text and stuff? Yeah. Oh no, I haven't used that at all. Oh yeah. You could do that. I did that with an email. Uh, so I had an email that was sent out to me and essentially it was just like, I wanted for me to respond to the email addressing each of the points that were sent in the email in the initial email. So I scanned the text and I sent it saying, reply saying that all of these things are going to get done. And it listed out from like bullet point one to seven on how to respond. Like this, this is going to get done. I'll look into this. I look into that. It, it did all of that. So all I had to do instead of like, you know, when somebody's they sent you a bunch of questions and then you have to like think out how you want to respond to each specific point. Yeah. It provided me everything I needed to necessarily say. And I just kind of typed it out and made some tweaks and that was it. Yeah. That's funny. Um, that makes me think of a post I saw. I think it might've been on LinkedIn or Reddit. Um, but someone said that they're like HR director. They can tell is literally just replying to every email using chat GPT. Like no matter what someone sends them, they're just, putting it in the chat GPT and having it write a reply and sending it back. Because <laughs> um, I've, I've noticed that like it is pretty good, but I feel like it's not that hard to tell. I mean, if you weren't looking for it at all, but like I think if you were given like three emails and they're like, pick out which one was written by AI, I feel like it's still kind of easy to pick out. Like I've used it to try to write sales emails or like respond to people's comments on LinkedIn. I always feel like it just seems like it was written by a robot. Yeah, it does. Like I was, I've kind of trained to see, I know when something's written by ChatGPT, it's kind of like I play around with it long enough. There's like a certain structure of the formatting that it does that you're like, huh, this is ChatGPT, isn't it? Yeah. Um, like starts out with a positive comment. Then it like exactly. really digs into exactly what you asked it. And then like ends with like a generic positive sentence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it kind of does that. So that's why like anytime I use it for prompts or something, I always, it's not like I just copy it word for word. I just, yeah. you, it's kind of like the base layer of what I wanted to respond to. Um, and then I just use, and I just change whatever, so according to my wording. And I kind of use it as like a, I guess sometimes for me, I don't know if you're the same way too, but when it comes to emails and whatnot, sometimes I make mistakes, not necessarily from like, a, um, it's more like I need something to like, grammar like grammar or oh, do you use grammarly or something like that for your emails i i was at one point um but i just like stopped like it, i don't know it just got like annoying i stopped <laughs> using it yeah i kind of use it for formatting like reformatting my emails like the way i've written something not necessarily like to change it just like making sure that a period is worse no not a period like commas are supposed to be worse yeah to be. things like that small things really yeah and i just kind of double check like, and I think AI is really good for drafts and stuff like a lot of emails are like, I make a lot of email templates. So I'm not like writing the same email a gazillion times for people. Mm -hmm. And I'll like write my rough draft and I'll put it in the chat GPT to kind of rework it. And then I'll usually like edit it myself. And I feel like that's a lot faster than like me writing it and then me editing it and then like yeah. doing multiple drafts. So it's definitely useful, but I've kind of, I don't know, kind of fallen off 
on AI a little bit. Like just some of the, like the small annoying things is like enough to like deter me from using it where I'm like, I might as well just like do it myself since I have to do manual shit anyway. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it has its use cases for some things. Like if you need something like analyzing a bunch of documents and coming up with some type of conclusion in a very short time. Yeah. Analyzing stuff's really good. Yeah. But besides if it's like very small things or things like that, yeah. Um, you could just do it yourself. So I will say Adobe's AI is very good. Like I think the best application of AI I've seen so far is Photoshop's like AI that they have. Oh. So you can just like if you want to cut someone out of a picture or like anything, like you just highlight it. You just type in like remove or you type in whatever you want to generate and it's not great for everything, but for if you know how to use it, it's really powerful. I'd say it's like the most practical use of AI I've seen so far. Yeah, because I remember I've, I've played around with Adobe trying to do some uh, Photoshop and whatnot. Jesus Christ, the amount of time it took me. It was ludicrous. I was like, damn it. And then you go like you have like a small piece of something that you're trying to remove and you're like, this is going to take me two hours, isn't it? It's so good now. Like I used it a lot for making YouTube thumbnails and stuff and it just makes it so much faster. Like oh, really? Is that if you want anything out of it, you just like, put it in a box type remove it gives you three options if you don't like it you generate more and it like it's pretty good at doing shadows and reflections and everything like oh perfect um yeah it's really good but i think a lot of ai tools in general i mean i'm sure ai is gonna it is developing really fast and things like that but i think it has been kind of overhyped and like oversold a bit out of the gate like i've noticed with ai tools i've tried out for work and stuff like that they they promise these big things and then they're like it's not even close. I think you had the you just kind of saw that firsthand when you were trying that like that clip editing software. But yeah, we've had sales stuff too. And like for my work laptop, I don't log into my personal account, so I have I don't have YouTube Premium. I have like normal YouTube, so I get mm-hmm. these ads, and I've started seeing ads of like sign up for our software, completely eliminate your sales team, and we use fifteen different AI technologies to like. 10 time RX your sales team with zero humans. And I'm like, I guarantee that does not actually work at this point, but maybe I'm wrong. It's, 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 it's kind of like that boom of all these. It's like, if I look at my timeline, because remember the reason why I use keyframes was because of one of the guys of saying, this is how you streamline your um, social media since it's connected to TikTok, YouTube, you just do one editing and then it kind of just goes everywhere else and it'll automatically reconfigure everything for you. And I was like, this is sounds perfect since all I need is subtitles and for it to do that. It couldn't even generate the subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's, and then when I use the, the one I'm using right now is, I think it's Veed.io or something like that. Oh, we use that at work. Oh, Veed. it's perfect. It literally did the subtitles within a couple of minutes. I went to go get some water and came back and the subtitles were pretty good. Like I said, it was like 80%, 80, 85% was like pretty solid. And I had to make changes for other stuff. And I was like, huh, this was, and then the other one, it was like, I left my computer for a while and it was like a day later and I went to the tab and it still was like generating subtitles. So, but at least it, we only did it for like that month subscription. Yeah. As opposed to like, there was like, oh, if you do it, the uh, annual, yeah, you the save twenty seven percent. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, 
no annual for me. Yeah, for that stuff, I usually do the first month. And I'm like, if it's good enough, then I'll do the annual. Because like, exactly. When what you do, do this, really yeah, when you do the savings, it's like if I don't like it, I'm, I miss out on 180 bucks. But if I do like it, it only cost me 20 bucks. So exactly. So, uh, um, but yeah, and I think like I wish that the the AI tools would just market it like that. Like I'm sure Veed probably markets the subtitles as better than that. But they're like we like generate subtitles with 80% accuracy. Like most people would be happy with that. I feel yeah. like just a lot of AI tools and that makes me kind of worried as we move more towards AI. Like I've been hearing how, I mean, I'm sure this has been development for a while of like building these drones and aircrafts that are like armed with weapons and completely controlled by AI that like get to decide on the targets and stuff like that. And it's just like, I feel like we're gonna put too much confidence into AI and be like, Oh, it's like, amazing it never makes mistakes and then we're gonna have self-driving cars and like all this shit and it's like even if it only makes a mistake one or two percent of the time like once you scale that out that can lead to a lot of damage so just like how how much faith people are already putting in ai makes me kind of nervous about the future yeah you're definitely right about that because one of the things that recently came out i think there was a space where charles hoskinson was talking about how in china they're using AI algorithms in order to for social credit score. But let's say like tomorrow you were to get a negative score and you're basically shut off from your bank accounts and whatnot. And you go to an authority and you say, hey, I got shut off from the account. And I what did I do wrong? And the authority person could be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and it's not like you could just go to the AI model, like this complex model that makes his decisions and be like oh why did what did that person do because it's kind of like a black box of what's going on in the background that nobody really understands yeah it's like oh okay yeah that's that's i mean the social credit thing is scary in general but just like thinking of like that makes me think of like facebook when i back in the day when i've like tried to make facebook ads and they got banned and they don't really give a reason and then there's no phone number you can call there's no email like you can like try to do some type of like you do something to appeal the decision but like you don't talk to a human or anything and just i couldn't imagine that when it's like oh you can't go on public transportation anymore and like we're taking away your house and you can't (laughs) even like it could be a complete mistake in the ai and there's no one you can talk to and you're just like your life's ruined from like a glitch that is true that's like that's why it's so scary with like i think the um authoritarianism that we're going to experience it's going to be in that form where nobody necessarily knows. It's like things are bad. It's like, okay, things are bad where people are getting shut off from their bank accounts or whatnot, or things are just, they're just losing access to society in a lot of different ways. And people are like, there's no 1-800 number, you know, to answer. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we don't know. You shouldn't have done what you did. Like, what did I do? I don't know what whatever you think you did. It's like, I didn't do anything. Ha, you shouldn't have done that. It's like, what What are you saying at this point, you know? Yeah, I could definitely see that being the future, which is scary. It's like an authoritarian dictatorship, but it's not even like run by a human. It's just run by like <laughs> some AI that might not even be like sentient. It's just like a black box that is making random decisions and everyone's so incompetent. They're just like enforcing the shit that no one agrees with and like a human's not even coming up with. All these like, algorithms just running in the background performing complex things and nobody has any idea what's going on yeah i could definitely see that happening and i feel like it just seems like everything's getting more incompetent so like this weekend friday 
my girlfriend and I are supposed to go to Electric Zoo. It's like some EDM festival. Oh, yes. I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. Neither of us have ever been to a music festival or anything. So we've been looking forward to it for months. We're really excited. And then three hours before it's supposed to start, they're like, we're canceling the first day because we couldn't build the stage. And it's what? like they've had two months to build this stage on an island that nothing else happens on. And somehow they didn't know until three hours before it started that it wasn't going to be ready in time. And then I wow. guess they did hold day two yesterday. It started three hours late, but people are saying the stages were like half built and it was like a huge shit show. Like Jesus. people that had will call, um, or even if you had like, so they send you a bracelet in the mail, which I guess those got fucked up. A lot of people didn't get their bracelets. Jesus. And then some people got them and registered them, but then they'd get there and they wouldn't activate. So they had to go in the will call line. And some people had to wait seven hours and will call to get their bracelets after a wow. festival starting three hours late. So like, you're going to get in and have like an hour. And then they said when people were leaving at the end of the night, it took people like four hours to get out. And there were like fist fights and people were trying to climb fences and shit. And like people were passing out in the will call line because there's no food or water. Jesus and Christ. It's just like, it's crazy that this company can't even put on a three day festival. And then I just saw this is probably less incompetence, but still like Burning Man. There's like thousands of people stuck mm -hmm. in the desert right now because it was raining in the the one road in and out got washed out and all that shit. And just like, it just seems like every, like no one can run anything well anymore. And it just seems like it's going like in a worse and worse direction. Like, I mean, I'm sure it was like this in the past too, but like with the AI tools, everyone is just like trying to hype their shit up so they can sell it. And like to be competitive, if everyone's hyping up their shit to like the point where it's not realistic, if you want to compete, you have to hype up your shit. And I feel like, it's just escalating of everyone overselling and under delivering. And yeah. like, I could see that happening with future government systems too, where it's just like it's a bunch of fucking idiots running it and acting like they're experts. You're cooking, man. You are cooking on that. So, yeah. So that's scary. Can't wait to, for the government to get even worse and have oh, even more gosh. power. If only the government could adopt technologies that were so, um, it's kind of like, how would they go about it? It's kind of. I would hope that the um the government adopts bad technology in order for them to be even worse at what they do, and the things that they're worse at doing have no impact on everybody else. Yeah. So that's the perfect way. Like a government that thinks that are in power or are powerful, and they're implementing things that are like, yeah, we're good. And the next thing you know, like it has no effect on people because essentially they can't. All the effects that they have is always negative. It's never like, oh my god, government improved this by like this percentage. It's, it's, I, I like, or I don't necessarily know if like I haven't. I can't necessarily point to something that I'm like, because of government, this is like great. Yeah, nothing in recent history. Like I can think of like the highway system or something like that. But that was like probably the last time the government did something good was like in that era. But I think I think we've talked about this before. But just that, like one of the square, one of the scariest things to hear is like, "I'm from the government and I'm here to help." <laughs> yeah, and just like the fact that that is so relatable. It's yeah, the government does not seem to to uh, cause many good things in yeah. everyday people's lives. Have you have you gotten the emails for the student loans? Yeah, I keep getting emails and texts now of like. Yeah, start paying them in October, but don't worry. Interest is kicking in this month, so. <laughs> uh, I actually, I finally, I applied for a reduced um, payment option. So 
if I, I think I have to wait for the approval aspect of it, but I think it takes seven days. And I think my initial payment right now, if I were to start, it's like 200, but this change, if whether they approve it or not, I think they might, is probably going to bring it down to like a hundred. So. Yeah. I think that might be the plan they sent me. It's like based on your income and like you pay for however many years and then like whatever balance at the end is like forgiven or something. Is that the plan you signed up for? No, I have like a, I guess it's just like a regular plan since even though I work for a quasi public slash private company, they do not fall under the threshold of like public, public, public service forgiveness or something like that. Oh, if you're like a public servant, like they have that in Maine too. If like you, if you're a teacher or yeah, yeah, there's like a few different things. If you like stay in Maine and work in those, like after 15 years or something, they'll forgive your remaining balance. Yeah. You gotta, first you gotta be there for 15 years or whatever long. What if you want to do something else? Yeah. That's like, you're like, you're 12 and you're like, shit. Yeah. I I mean, it depends on your, if it, if let's say you have like 150 K. I'll take that deal for 12 years. Yeah. But let's say you have like, let's say less than 30K. Yeah, I might as well just like pay. Yeah, it works out to like $2,000 a year to like stick at a job you want to leave. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, I need, to, I need to figure out what my payment's going to be. Um, it's coming up soon, man. It'll get yeah. another text. I know, I need to apply for the thing. I feel like my income is not low. Like, I feel like I'm at a high enough income level where it's not going to be a reduced amount, but. Wait, don't you. They don't verify it, though. Oh, I would assume they would know your income. You just, like, type in what you made. Like, it's like fucking applying for a credit card. Kind of like that. That's why, like, that's how I kind of fell upon it. Because I think there was uh, one of the plans. There, there were two options. One of the options required income verification, and another one didn't. And I used the one that I did it. I was like, I'm applying for this. And then they're like, oh, can we receive your application? And um, we'll give you a decision as to whether or not you could no no it said we received your application and we'll make a decision as to whether or not you get it but that is just that gradual payment over time so that it kind of ramps up oh that's what i was on that's what i was on originally before exactly so i'm trying to do that but the thing is to um within a year or two whenever the program happens i'm just gonna pay off right offer it but you know opportunity costs some money i'd rather have that extra hundred in my pocket as opposed to giving it to those bastards yeah hopefully inflation outruns the uh, interest rate on the loans so it'd be uh, like, yeah it makes sense to hold the debt for longer yeah uh, I, I, after a student loans man i'm never getting in debt again it's terrible yeah and, and i I'm, no mortgage nothing man yeah same i I want to get my car paid off and I want to get these fucking student loans paid off. And then, I mean, I probably will get a mortgage at some point unless the bull run really fucking takes off and I can just build a house or buy one cash. But yeah, having fucking debt sucks. And I'm pretty lucky too. Like my, I got a really good deal on my car and and my student loans could definitely be a lot worse than they are. So, but it would have been nice to get that $20,000 off like a fucking government promise. Yeah. I'm gonna do something good for once. Remember in the early portion where we talked about it way back when? I was like, "You're not gonna do it, man." I mean, we were both happy. Like when he said, "Yeah, the t- I was gonna get 10k, you were gonna get the 20k," and then I was like, "Yeah, it still seems too good to be true. I have to see it to believe it." You remember I said that? Yeah. It's <laughs> then, like it does seem too good to be, but I'm like, 
they I was like people are going to be pissed if they take it back like they're not going to want to do it before the election but I guess people aren't that pissed yeah people are in, I, I guess even if the people that are pissed about it I guess we don't matter as much since it's probably going to be millennials and Gen Z yeah and there's probably so. as many there's probably more people that are happy that's not happening so that kind of hurts it too because like everyone that wasn't going to benefit from it was like i don't want to f- my tax yeah. dollars to pay for that shit which i'm like yeah fair enough but yeah your tax dollars pay to like bail out banks and shit too so i know it's like we bail out banks we bail out corporations um the u.s is fucked man when it comes yeah. to the average person if you don't if you don't could like the way i've been looking at it, it's like if you don't conduct your life in a way that's personally like that's good for you like where the sacrifices that you're making or for your own fulfillment in terms of long term, you're pretty much fucking yourself for no reason. Because if you're going to go off of like the faith of an employer, the faith of like the US government, or just anything, anything like that, that you're, you're giving up parts of yourself for their fulfillment, that's a bad deal. It's just taking a terrible deal. Yeah. Because so, as soon as it doesn't benefit them, they're gonna, yeah, they're going to fuck you over. And I guess what they'll say, they'll be like, it's not personal, it's just business. And then you're like, oh, I thought you lo- you cared for me. You you really want, and they're like, ah, I don't know. You came up with those things in your mind through the propaganda we fed you, but it's your fault for believing it. Yeah. <laughs> Tough luck on you, buddy. And I'm like, damn. But a lot of people fall for it, man. It's, I see it all across. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And just when you think about like, they can't give people ten to $20,000 off, but we like send billions to Ukraine. It's like, yeah. You can't send one less rocket launcher and just pay off my fucking student loans. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then how much did we lose in Afghanistan? Like 40, 80 billion dollars. I don't even remember. I don't know. I, I know we left a lot of fucking expensive equipment there. Weren't we like yeah. leaving like a fuck ton of like helicopters and tanks and shit? So, yeah. We left all of that, all these war things. It's like, what did we end up accomplishing? Nothing. Did we, what's that infamous saying that they used to say? Um, oh, we're, we're changing hearts and oh, winning we're, minds or something. Yeah, winning minds. Yeah. So I'm like, bullshit, man. It's like spreading democracy. Australian democracy. By killing, democracy. Like a, killing a million yeah. civilians. Killing kids. Yeah, that's how we spread democracy. Ah, so bullshit, man. Yeah. Well, I guess to go on a slightly more positive note, you had a question of uh, what was the best advice you ever received? So Yes. Did you have yes. any in mind? Um. I had this one quote that's been ringing in my mind recently and it's from, it's not necessarily like advice that I got personally, but something that was said by this one dude that I listened, that I used to listen to. He had a podcast. It came up on my timeline, like the YouTube algorithm gods have always done. Um, It's this guy who used to be in the Italian mafia. It's called Sammy the Bull. And he had somebody that he, when he was in the mafia, used to speak to. And that guy literally said to him, do not deal with people that are envious or jealous of you because it doesn't matter what you do, they'll always be envious and they'll always be jealous. And that's one of the guiding principles that he used in order to deal with other people, especially for who he is, because he ended up getting to like becoming the underboss of one of the big crime families, um, the Gambinos, I think. Yeah, that's the Gambinos. So because of that, 
um, he's always had that in the back of his mind whenever he's in business dealings or the people he kept close to him. So for some reason, yeah, that that, that quote kind of ran in my mind. And I'm like, huh, huh, seeds of envy. But I, sometimes I'm like, what, why, why would anybody be envious of me? But you never know. Yeah, you never know. That, that's good advice too because like people are going to, at best, probably just like sap your energy and make you doubt yourself but like at worst we'll like probably try to actively sabotage you so probably good not to to deal with those people um yeah i can't think of a ton of advice i received i'm sure i'll think of like a ton of things as soon as we stop recording (laughs) but one piece of advice my dad gave me that his dad gave him and this is like right before i moved to new york the first time very simple advice but you can bullshit other people but you can't bullshit yourself and i'm like oh that's like it's like, yeah, you can like lie to other people. You can like exaggerate things and stuff like that. But like deep down, you can't lie to yourself. And I'm like, oh, that's like pretty good advice. Like if something feels off or like, you're like, I'm saying this, but like, I know it doesn't feel right. Just like listening to that and like really kind of reflecting on that has always been good. Whenever I've had like hard decisions where I'm like, I'm doing this, but something feels off, just like reflecting and being like, oh shit, maybe that's not the best way to approach it has been helpful so very simple but has been has been helpful at certain points in my life yeah that's that's great advice that's great advice yeah hopefully i can pass down to my kids keep it going for fourth generation yeah and then your kids are turning into dims yep and like you don't know what do you know with your binary version of the world god i'm hoping that that stuff kind <laughs> dies of, down. a little bit i my girlfriend and i just watched I don't even know why we watched it. It was like, because, yeah, this weekend we planned on going to that music festival and like having like a really fun weekend and it fucking turned into, like we did go to the beach twice, which was nice and stuff like that. But so we like got back from the beach and just wanted to watch a movie. And usually it takes us like an hour to pick something because we have very different tastes. So there's like a new Adam Sandler movie on Netflix. I think it's like, you're so not invited to my bar mitzvah. I knew nothing about it. My girlfriend knew very little about it, but she's like, oh, everyone's saying this is good. It's like number one on Netflix. Like, let's just go in blind and watch it. And I was like, okay, like she's very disappointed about the music festival. So I'm like, I'm going to just like give it to her and not, not fight on this. Very fucking weird movie. Like, I don't know who, (laughs) like maybe it was made for like 12 year old Jewish girls. Like that's my assumption. It wasn't even, I mean, it kind of was bad, but it was just like so weird but the whole thing was just like filled with like all this like woke shit, but like kind of making fun of like, I couldn't tell if it was a parody or like, this is actually like how woke kids are now, but just like watching it was like bizarre. And I'm like, I'm very glad I don't have kids right now. Like the whole thing was just 12 year old girls, like calling out adults for saying problematic shit. And like the, the like Jewish school she went to had like all the pride flags hanging everywhere. And like, correcting people on gender pronouns and <laughs> saying canceled and shit. And I'm like, is Adam Sandler like making fun of this stuff? Or is this like supposed to be serious? Like, it was just very weird. You if better you, check your privilege. It, it was like literally just like all fucking woke buzzwords the entire time. So if you just want, if you have an hour and 37 minutes to kill to watch something very bizarre, uh, I'd, I'd recommend that. But I'm like, hopefully by the time I have kids, it's not like that. Not that I'm there's, right. not that there's anything wrong with like being gay or like if you yeah, want to be trans and stuff. Same with your chest, Jake. Stand on what you said before. Don't don't flip flop now. No, I'm not <laughs> saying like I think all the woke shit. I think 
I the, my biggest problem is policing language. Like I think you should be able to say all this shit. Like, yeah, sure. but but if someone, I know it's a terrible analogy, but I'm like, if someone really wanted to fucking marry their dog, that wouldn't affect me. I wouldn't give a fuck. So I mean, yeah. if you want to be trans, I don't think that children should be like doing irreversible surgeries and taking hormones. But like, if you're 25 and want to be trans, good for you. But um, but no, one scene in the movie, they're like these two girls go to hang out with the popular girls and they're like, Oh, who do you like? Blah, blah, blah. And they like mention that they like boys and like, Oh, you guys are straight. Yeah. A couple of us are straight here. Like flipping the dynamic of like being straight was the <laughs> weird, weird thing. And like, it was like, they're like, you're only into guys and like making it seem like being bi or, or lesbian was like the normal. And I'm like, is that supposed to be funny? Or is this like, <laughs> is it straight faced? It was just a lot of stuff like that. It was very weird. There, but I mean, a lot of like Hollywood people who have kids or adopted kids, they're turning them into like women. Like, if they have boys, they're dressing up like girls. Yeah, like Hollywood is fucked, man. It's just like proper. And it was weird too. Like Adam Sandler had his whole like it was him, his two daughters in his mo- in the movie were his real daughters, oh. and then his wife was in the movie, but she played the mother of his daughter's like best friend. So it was like. Okay. So he had an actress playing his wife, had his real daughters, and then had his wife as a, a, a mom of a friend, or a friend of a mom, or whatever. Yeah. Didn't phrase that right, but just overall, very weird movie, very woke, and I'm like, I hope we're getting towards the end of this shit. I don't know, man. Things is probably, it's probably going to get even worse, because, uh, maybe, we'll see, because I think there's like a, it's, it seems that there's, the pendulum is going to swing back probably within the next within the next decade or so. Yeah. So, so it will it will conservatism, like traditionalism will be back. It'll be like the new cool thing. And this day them pronouns is probably gonna go away. The same the same way that it came through, like a cancer. It's yeah. gonna be taken away with some heavy chemo. But you well, know chemo's painful. Well I hate that too because I don't even want to be like a because like it's swinging back everything being super conservative also sucks Ah, like i don't want i don't want like gay marriage being overturned and like i didn't think like we should be outlawing abortions like not that i'm super pro-abortion i think like getting an abortion is probably a traumatic experience and not like women that are at these marches being like i've had 37 abortions i'm like that's also probably not great yeah but i i am very for personal freedom like again if you want to be a they slash them cool for you like i think it's kind of dumb that we all like people are putting their he him pronouns and like all their shit when it's like yeah, that's pretty obvious. I think that's dumb. <laughs> but I hope the pendulum just slowly swings back towards uh, the middle. Where it's too, not gonna, it's not gonna happen. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but in an ideal world, you're too optimistic about things. It's it's gonna go, it's gonna go severe. It's gonna. Go, oh, it's definitely gonna go severe. Yeah, and then we're gonna have fucking yeah. It's yeah. Gonna, you already see the Supreme Court how they're going about things. It's gonna go back to that. We're gonna go back. I mean, it's gonna be weird. Um, but there's gonna be that demarcation soon. There's going to be, hopefully, somebody is going to bring a case about this pronouns business. There's going to be a Supreme Court case, and then they're going to be like, hey, there are only two gen- genders. That's it. And yeah. then all this, like, third bathroom for people who are weird about their gender, like, all this stuff, all these stupid arguments that have been brought up, it's just going to be shut down. It's like there's a men's bathroom and there's a women's bathroom. The men's, only men's go there biologically born men if women only biologically born women could go to that it's gonna happen and yeah 
Um, yeah, it's going to be a Supreme Court case. And we've already seen how the Supreme Court leans. And it's not leaning liberal, not anytime soon, at least, unless Kavanaugh or Amy, like, I would, honestly, even though, like, people, be, unless they, like, you know, Cloak or Clarence Thomas, one of those people goes out of it, um, gets, you know, whacked. <laughs> unless How, that old happens. Clarence, How old is Clarence Thomas? Isn't he kind of old? Yeah, he's in his 70s. Do you remember, there was a period he of could time. Die. He could die. But guess what? Let's say... What do you think is going to happen with the 2024? I think Trump is going to come back, man. I think there's a good chance. I haven't been keeping up with all this like shit. Like I saw his mugshot and all that yeah. stuff. And then, then he like raised like a million dollars like a day yeah. after that, selling t-shirts and shit. I think that's a bad slope too. I'm like, we should not like, I'm sure Trump has done some sketchy shit. Like I'm sure some of the stuff's valid, but it seems definitely politically motivated. And it's like fucking Richard Nixon did some uh. sketchy ass shit too. And we like pardoned him. I don't think it's a good Preston to set of like arresting former presidents because you don't agree with them. Even if yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's broken some laws. I'm sure a lot of presidents have. <laughs> yeah, like no I one's mean, fucking arresting Bill Clinton for going to Jeffrey Epstein's island. So uh, yeah, or Biden and it's a Hunter Biden. Yeah, all that. Yeah, fucking with all the Ukraine shit there and all yeah. the other stuff. Like, yeah, fucking lock up every president. I mean, George all... Bush committed war crimes basically. So exactly. They, I mean, they all have blood in their heads, but I think it's yeah. I... It's just, it's like this. When it comes to politics, whenever I watch Trump, I'm so entertained. And yeah. there's like a pure joy that I get. Not this. I don't agree with the guy in terms of like his policies or whatnot. But every time I see him, he's a great entertainer. I always like smile. He's like, we're going to do it the best. We're going to like the, the corrupt Biden administration. What they've done, they've brought the economy down and then you know he uses those hand mannerisms and it's yeah. like inflation has been high low unemployment that was all based off of me i'm like come on these are all lies but hey he is a entertaining guy yeah and he's a showman miss, yeah he's a showman I'm, i kind of miss that i kind of miss that in the politics because if you were to look at politics in general it's just all dirty grimy special interest all these different things but there's nobody who makes it funny. Yeah. He's the guy who makes it funny, in my opinion. I mean, if it comes down to Biden versus Trump again, I think Biden, I mean, I think Trump has it pretty well. I'm hope. I'm hoping for RFK. I mean, again, I've oh my God, yes. kind of fallen off the politics stuff. Like I was watching a bunch of interviews with him and now I've kind of checked out again, hoping it's a very, very, very long shot, but that's who I hope wins. But I think if Trump runs and it's against Biden or someone like Biden, he's definitely going to win. Just, I feel like there's been like a sea change. Like when Trump first originally ran, or maybe not, like it's hard to remember back when he was running, but definitely like when it got close to the election after he got elected, I was like very anti Trump. And I think a lot of people were, unless you were really for Trump. Mm-hmm. But I've come around. I wouldn't say like I'm a huge pro Trump person, but like if you had a gun to my head and I had to vote between Biden and Trump, I think I'd slightly lean towards Trump now just because like, yeah. I don't know if mentally competent is the best way to like describe trump but like i think he at least knows like what year he's in whereas <laughs> i'm not confident biden would know what the year is or if he's in america or not um but and it's just like all the establishment is so against him and the establishment so fucked up it's like yeah might as well like throw a wrench into the fucking gears and see what happens because the machine's like already so fucked up yeah i i actually would lo- i would love to see him back in office and 
one of the reasons why people are like, hey, Pete, why why do you like Trump? I was like, he free Kodak Black, man. <laughs> he free Kodak Black after he lost the election. And Kodak was facing those federal charges. And then Trump was like, free Kodak. And I was like, wait a second. He's a, he's a, he's a great man. <laughs> he's a great man for doing that one thing. Nah. But it was funny. And when he did that, I was like, I, for some reason, there's like a little level of respect I had for him, even though I knew he was on his way out. And it's not like I, I'm like a pro-Trump guy type of guy, but he is so entertaining, man. I, I, I love seeing the people that hate him. Like you know that, that visceral hate that they have for him. Yeah. And how they, they, they just like start telling you how evil he is. He's the devil. He's the worst thing in humanity. And I just laugh. And then I watch Trump talk and I laugh. You know, it's like there's so many levels of laughing that I experience that I want to experience that again. <laughs> Not even anything else. I just want to keep laughing. So I'll say I, I don't lie for Biden, though. Uh, yeah. Well, sometimes I do when he like falls off bicycles and makes yeah. jokes about ice cream right after a mass Sleepy shooting. <laughs> but I wouldn't say Trump getting reelected is the best thing for the country but i also oh, don't no. think biden getting reelected is the best thing for the country either so it's like it's like death like a slow quiet death or like a potentially exciting go out in like a blaze of glory type death i see but like both of them neither of them is a good option but trump's definitely more entertaining and i think there's more there's more of a chance of some type of radical change happening not sure if it'd be good or bad but yeah I'm oh, hoping no. Trump comes back because I think he's going to pump the markets, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think the markets will oh, definitely do better. I mean, they will do amazing when Trump comes in. So I'm my only I'm very self-interest. Um, I'm, a, I'm a self-interested guy. I'm a free markets pumping type of guy. Yeah. So if Trump comes back, I bet you in this first week of office, the, the markets are going to go up like at least five to ten percent. Do you think a good market, like if the markets pump, if that's going to be good for crypto or not? Because it almost seems like when the f- traditional markets are bad is when crypto pumps. Because like wasn't then the last bull run happened? I mean, people had extra disposable income from like the COVID payments and stuff like that. But like, wasn't the stock market for the most part like tanking when crypto took off? Um, they both tanked at the same time, and it's just like the markets, the crypto, no, no the the markets for. Okay, so what happened? 2020 was the halving year for crypto. Um, and then 2020 was also the pandemic. So right around the halving, that's when the pandemic happened and everything crashed for crypto. And then for the traditional markets, they had like a V-shaped recovery because of like all of the money that got printed and like pumped into the markets to save all these corporations. So the part, the market started pumping for the equities right away or like a couple months out. But crypto didn't necessarily pump until later in the year until 20, no, no, actually it was like December. It started running up and then January, February, March is when it really took off. That was like peak bull run from the first phase. Remember it crashed a little bit in the summer Yeah. later in the fall. So um, I think moving forward, the traditional markets, I think, if as long as they don't crater to the point of like 2020 where they just collapse a little bit, I think if they stay like, you know, sideways to positive, crypto is going to do well. Um, because I think that I've been reading the book Market Cycles by Howard Marks. 
And some of the stuff that he talks about when it comes to cycles, there's a key element that he mentions as to why, when it comes to traditional markets like equities and whatnot, why these markets don't necessarily have like a inflection point as to why they go up at certain points. Like they might go up for a while or like, you know, how the stock market It's just, it's really gone on up from 2008 to now with like the blip of 2020 where it kind of crashed. So we've been like in a 10 plus year bull run, which is like unprecedented. That doesn't necessarily make any economic sense. But for crypto, it's different since it actually operates as a market since it has these big swings of like big booms and then big busts. Yeah. It's not, there's no backstop. It doesn't have a Fed backstop of like, oh, we can't have the markets cratered by the 60%. There's not, no such thing. But the long short of it is the having event is probably one of the most significant events that leads to every bull run because the traditional markets don't have a having event, but Bitcoin yeah. does. And essentially after like the big overcorrection that happens after each market crash, what happens? So the market essentially tries to find a happy medium where, you know, like the amount of buyers and sellers is around the same and the price kind of stabilizes, which is what we're at right now. Like 25,000, it might drop a little more. Maybe it drops back to 20K. I highly doubt they'll go back to like the peak low where it was like 15K. I think it'll probably go be trade between 25 to 20,000. And then the having, having, having event will happen next year around March or April. Nothing's really going to happen. But the thing is, like, remember, the amount of new Bitcoin that's going to come out, the supply is going to go down by half. But the demand is probably going to still stay around the same. And because of that, the demand that stayed the same around where it was like, minting new blocks is going to get cut in half. That's where, like, the supply, because of that, is going to start going up, like, in terms of price. And that usually happens, like, a year later. So that's why I'm thinking that 2024 having an event, still some more sideways to a further down action, and then there's still a run-up, and then the run-up will happen maybe late into 2024, like December, we'll start seeing like maybe Bitcoin hits 40K, but like in 2025, 2025, like maybe in the midpoint of 2025 or later, that's when you're going to see Bitcoin go like 100,000. And then when it goes to 100,000, however it gets, how high it gets, it's going to happen within a very short period of time, like 200, 300, whatever number it ends up setting at, at the peak bull run, it's going to be within the two to three month timeline. Yeah. So that's, that's how I think the markets are going to play out. It could happen later in 2025 too, but it's definitely going to happen sometime in 2020. Most, no, I don't, I don't ever want to say definitely. It's most likely to happen sometime in 2025. It could be early, mid or late. I'm thinking to mid to late 2025. But um, nothing is going to really happen between now and then, in my opinion. Unless a black swan event or something like that. Exactly. But, exactly. But if it goes like that, and we'll potentially have a new presidential administration exactly. in there in 2025, too. So I've been saying that, too. I think 2025 is going to be a big year. Oh, or, even, or even 2024, just with the election. Like I feel like late 2024 to late 2025, that year is going to, a lot's going to happen. Yeah, and what remember every time a new president comes in, especially if this is why I say if Trump comes in within the first ninety days of him being in office, he's gonna remove a lot of he's gonna probably try to pass as much stuff when it comes to low regulation, 
Um, and then that's where like money in the markets are going to flood, even if the Fed doesn't cut interest rates per se. But if he kind of removes a lot of other red tape of money to, for money to flow the available money right now, it's kind of like a compounding thing. And then it's going to hit right around the cycle time. And the next thing you know, prices are going to start going up. And it doesn't really matter what the Fed does. They cut interest rates or whatnot. Market psychology dominates everything. So people are going to, that's when you're going to hear stories about people being like, yo, I sold my house in order to invest in Bitcoin. It's like, oh, really? That's when you're taking profits, man. I'm like, oh, you did that? Sell. We need to start getting, uh, we should make a catalyst proposal to uh, start getting Washington lobbyists to get in Trump's ear and try to get rid of the capital gains tax on crypto for 2025. That'd be sick. Oh, that'd be crazy. Because, you know, it's funny. Part of Biden's plan that... Part of the infrastructure bill, there was like a sleazy part that was put in, as in with all the the talking or wording in those bills. And it's essentially saying, I think they also predict that there's going to be a bull run in 2025 because the 2026 reporting requirements encompass crypto um, with, with capital gains, with like a structure. They have like a whole, it's more detailed and fleshed out, but it takes, in, it takes into effect in 2026. Isn't that oh, so, crazy? Yeah, so they're expecting everyone to make a bunch of money in 2025. And then yeah, exactly. Fucking take a bunch of it in taxes. Exactly. That's pretty much how it's going to go. But that's what I'm thinking of our hens coin, man. I'm going to lose my money. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering how that would work with like tax evasion and stuff, if that privacy would allow you to do that. But like when you cash out into the, like the like the traditional financial system, wouldn't there still be some type of record kind of? Yeah, that's where like um, there's other stable coins. Okay, because I was thinking about it, right? I think the best way, I think we might have to cut this part. <laughs> so there's this. This is one, all entertainment, by the way. This yes, is all, it's all exactly entertainment parody. No, this is serious. So I was thinking, right? Let's say you cash out in the crypto realm. Let's say bull run happens. You have two to three million or whatever number that is, 500,000, 50,000, and you leave it in the crypto realm. But for you to like transfer it to the traditional side, right? That you don't transfer the whole fifty k, right, or like or the hundred k. Why don't you just transfer like just enough for you to subsidize or decent living, like two thousand a month? Yeah, there's not gonna be that many like questions about the two thousand a month, you know, right? Well, this seems pretty close to money laundering, I'm assuming, but uh, I have thought of that too, and. Like, it'd be good as long as things aren't volatile, though. Because, I mean, I'd want to DCA my, like, DCA out anyway if I'm going to the traditional financial system. But, like, if you had a million dollars and only taking out, like, $2,000 a month and then, like, you get 50000 out or whatever and then it tanks and you're, like, $2 million goes down to, like, 100000 That would suck. Oh, no, I was just saying, like, you have everything in stable coins. Oh, you trans... Oh, okay. So, yeah, you go from your, like, ends coin, put it into stable coins and then you exactly. just, like, trickle it out. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how that'd work. Yeah, because you, when it comes to taxable stuff, you just say, "Yeah, I just made this amount." <laughs> like you just say, "Yeah, I just have like two thousand. I guess I support myself two thousand a month." Where, in a bit, but they they'll ask, "Where's the source of that? 2000? How are you getting paid two thousand a month?" Just trust me, bro. Just making OnlyFans and then like <laughs> launder money through it. Yeah, so all, all these things have to be fleshed out. I kind of operate in two folds. One part of me is like, you might make a lot of money, but you might have to pay a lot of taxes. 
all right, let's be strategic about how you're going to go about capital gains. And the other part of me is like, you know what? Fuck capital gains. <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm going to Colombia. Yeah, you just need to get enough money where you can like hire like to do like shell companies and like Swiss banks and all that bullshit to avoid it. Like if you have a few million, you could probably hire a creative accountant to do that type of stuff. Uh, there's this guy on YouTube. It's called Nomad Capitalist. And essentially what he does is like he works with high net worth individuals. You have to be at least seven figures, though, in order for him to take you on as a client. And he has like a whole workshop as to how to have like offshore accounts, blah, blah, blah. But that's my problem is I'm a crypto guy. So if I'm a crypto guy, why would I go to the traditional realm, you know? Yeah. And like at that would, point, if you're paying that guy, it's like, I might as well just fucking pay the taxes instead of doing all this bullshit to save Exactly. Money. And then they, I'm taking it out of crypto to put it in the traditional realm. Why? <laughs> you know, yeah. when I don't believe in the traditional side, I, well, I want to have my possession in crypto and I have full ownership over it. Well, I'm just hoping by the time the next bull run happens, you'll be able to like pay for stuff directly with crypto. Like that would be ideal. Well, like even That's that, it. that like card wallet thing that you have, like, isn't that ideally the th- like the hope in the future that you'll just be able to like use that like a normal credit card or like a uh, normal debit card yeah that's one of the that's definitely one of the ways that eventually it'll happen so that's why i'm thinking that if i just change all of my stable coins to put it in that wallet i i should definitely be able to use it just like a regular card at a restaurant that accepts um, like it's gonna be essentially like Apple Pay or anything like that. So, yeah, that'd be um, ideal. Not having to like put it back into like fiat currency. Exactly. So, um, but there's this one stablecoin that's coming out on Cardano. Um, it's called USDM, and essentially what they're trying to do, no, what they're going to do, is bring fiat currency fully backed onto the Cardano blockchain. And it's, it'll be able, you'll be able to use it as a native asset where the dollar that you have in your wallet is actually your dollar as opposed to USDC and USDT that live on Ethereum and all these other blockchains where they could actually claw it back and freeze your accounts. Oh, that's interesting. Like, how's that different than like Jed though? Isn't Jed like basically the same, like that's a stable coin on Cardano? Like, how's this different? It's not that much different from no the the thing is like Jet is just a operating mecha- mechanism behind mechanism behind it because Jet is like over collateralized using ADA as the collateral oh. value, but this one is just like a fiat like the dollar that you have in your um in your wallet on Cardano like any Cardano wallet is like a dollar in a bank account. Okay. And uh, um, they have I guess they'll have like their own. The, the company, the USDM company, there's going to be a level of KYC you're going to have to do. But the thing is, the KYC that you have to do is if you want to mint dollars through USDM. But, you know, the dollars that have already been minted are floating around in the liquidity pools and blah, whatnot. Yeah, so you can just get them off like a DEX. Exactly. And then you just have those on your wallet and you're fine. It's like a, it's a dollar represented anywhere and nobody could come claw your claw it back from you. So. so like in theory, like if there's a million of these USDM coins, they have like a million actual dollars sitting in a bank account somewhere. Exactly. There's an Oracle that's feeding directly as to like checking that okay. just one to one at all times from the amount that are floating in circulation to the amount that are actually in that big account. 
And then if you like mint, I'm assuming you're like wire transferring them money and then they're giving you exactly they're, they're minting new coins to give you. Okay, that that seems like a pretty good idea. Yeah, I remember I was I went to the Cardano summit in twenty when was the peak bear? Twenty twenty oh peak bear peak bear it was was it 2022 yeah because i didn't go to that i went to the 2021 yeah one i remember ball. We, that one was sick. Ball. yeah 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 2022 yeah it was very bare <laughs> it was yeah i think i was out of town yeah i think i had a work trip was it in october last year or yes something? yes yeah. you're right it yeah. was october as in it was arizona very cold. yeah i heard it was like not i don't think i missed out on much Oh, you did not. And oh, yeah, I do remember. That's when you went to Arizona. Did you go to the casino in Arizona? Is that it? Oh no, maybe it was Boston. Yeah, I went to Boston for work too. Okay. That was that was in September last year, though. But maybe it was. Oh yeah, because the one I went to in twenty twenty one was in September. Okay, so because uh, whatever. I think it's yeah, because I went to the casino in Boston last September. I think that is when it was. Okay, so that's why. Because I remember when we talked about it, it was that. But yeah, it was around that time and. Um, I saw the presentation from the founder at the Cardano Summit, and he was just talking about how they're getting state licenses. And let's say they won't be over time, they're going to try to get 50 states. But right now, they're going to start with a couple of states. But it doesn't really matter from the standpoint of once you met a dollar from Wyoming and it gets represented on the blockchain and like the DEXs, liquidity pools, blah, 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 it's floating in the ecosystem. It doesn't really matter where it originated from. It's if yeah. you wanted to mint it yourself or like, you won't be able to do it directly since you don't live in Wyoming. But if you live in New York, um, you don't necessarily care too much as long as you're able to access it to a DEX per se. So, Yeah, that makes sense. And when did you say this is supposed to be launching? Um, this is launching Q4 of this year. Oh, wow. That's soon. Actually, they're saying Q, Q3 um, in the next month or so. But I, I always like push the timeline one more. I'll say Q4. Yeah, that's probably safe. Better to be pleasantly surprised instead of disappointed. Yeah, they had, there's like the rare evil event that happens. Um, I think, I don't necessarily know. Some of these events, they kind of talk about like this happens all the time. But I think it's the first time that, that rare evil has happened. And it was essentially uh, a confluence of every, a lot of projects that are building on Cardano. Um, and they were there and they were just talking about their event and I voted for them on the catalyst. I was like, yeah. And I voted for hence coin for the V2, all of the projects that I follow, I vote for the other ones. I don't know. <laughs> That's probably a good way to do it. Probably vote for at least what you know and what you support. Oh yeah. It's like, I, ha I have a vested interest. I have money with them. <laughs> if they don't do well, I don't do well. Yeah. That's how real politics works. Vote, vote for I who should... you have money tied into. Exactly. That, it Essentially, sometimes I think about it, I'm like, this whole crypto promise, it'll be like a better or slightly, or no, it'll be a digital version of what we already do in the traditional realm. But at least it's like, you know, the inflation of like printing ADA out of existence or things like that. You'll have more control for a lot of stuff. But yeah, there's the, the, the Cardano government, Voltaire, the stuff that you talk about. Sometimes I'm like really fishy about that. I'm like, hmm. You're building a government on a blockchain. I don't like government in the first place. It'll be better for a while, but then everything is slowly pulled towards corruption, and then you need to build another system. So, yeah, it'll be good for a while. It'll probably be shitty when we're old, and it'll be terrible for our kids. But oh yeah, that's true. So, it'll be good for a while. We'll we'll least, witness the golden age, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the early parts of 
being in America, I guess, in certain aspects. It's like, we got the freedoms part, but, you know, the other side of freedom. Yeah. Well, most people got freedom, not everyone. But oh, yeah, <laughs> they said freedom for all. And I guess if you, you do or not a white, actually, you, it depends on if what type of white you were too. It's not yeah. like any type of white. You have to be an Anglo descendant white. If yeah. when I say Italian, they're like, yeah, you're not white. And you had to like own land and shit too. So exactly. So if you're if you're black, you're like three fifths. But wasn't that later on implemented during the? Yeah, that was later on for. That was later on for like. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was, yeah, to, for, like, voting and stuff like that. Or, like, oh, I think that's for delegates. I think that was to, like, determine yeah. how many delegates you got in Congress. Uh, three-fifths, you got slaves, yeah, three-fifths, all right. I wonder how they came up with that number. Yeah, uh, that's a very random fraction to decide. <laughs> like, uh, slightly above 50, but you're not, yeah, that's it. Like, 60%, yeah, about. Oh. Uh. Well, yeah, the three-fifths compromise. What a good topic to end on. Yeah, that's but true. This is a long one. Yeah, it was. But yeah, we'll talk about more, hopefully, current things in the three-fifths compromise in the next one. Oh, <laughs> yeah.